proud of us. Now batting for the sports animal, your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Tuesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means? That means for some weird reason the boys are at the ballpark. But here we are. Nice to spark. The boys are live from the lab. Van, how are you on an 88 degree, feels like 93, little humidity boy, mid of the week, getting ready for the Aviators baseball day? Feels like 88, my swamp patch. It's been like 100 lately. It feels like 75 out here. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's not that bad. Well, I'm, it's not bad at all. I've got, but also, I don't think I feel heat. Like, I think like the dryness of the desert has, has put me up in a way to where I just don't. I don't recognize heat anymore. Is my friend Fred Slow become a desert rat? Are you acclimated? It was after I got COVID. After I got COVID, I was just like, I've just been cold all the time. And now that, like, like I'm good. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, like when it's real hot, I'm regular. I'm like, well, that's good. That's good Have thing. you seen a doctor for this? Like when I had COVID, yes. No, no, no. Yeah. For your weird temperature stuff. The well, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, you shouldn't be cold all the time in New Mexico, all Fred. All the time. It's literally all the time. Start of the day, don't matter. Cold. Middle of the day, cold. End of the day, cold. It's just freaking weird. It's weird. Back at the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, Michael Vital. Michael, how are you? Pretty good. I'm always hot, never cold. No. You would be difficult right now. <laughs> One of the lovely employees of the ice soaps just uh, cruised a mop bucket by us. Okay. And I believe they use purple fabuloso in the bathrooms because I know that smell. Once you smell purple fabuloso, you never unsmell it. Today's I-9 okay. varsity is the varsity of member triggering smells. Okay. Okay. Today's I-9 varsity, the varsity Old of member factory. triggering. What was that one, Michael? Olfactory smells. The what is nose, that? The nose. Olfactory. O L. Oh. He's not talking about a smelly old factory. That's what I heard. <laughs> He's talking about olfactory. There's certain smells. Got a good program today. Only on till six fifteen, and then we hand this broadcast over to the Isotopes Baseball Network, and they'll bring you the action tonight from the ballpark. But come hang out with your boys. We will be here up until the first pitch. It is uh, well, it's a sports animal appreciation night, Van. Yeah, is what it is at the ballpark. So the the Isotopes are going to take uh, I don't know, take advantage of us and have us out to hang. And a lot of friends of the show are going to be out as well. I know there was. A big ticket giveaway from the station, so that was kind of nice. That was kind of fun. So if you're out here at the ballpark, come say hi to your boys. Broadcasting live between 102 and 104. And we're going to enjoy it all day long. Lots of, lots of news in the world of sports. But joining us on the program from the Isopes today will be Forrest Stolting. He kind of handles all the media relations. He's going to give you an update on the week and what the promotions are and the giveaways. Jimmy Heron will join us. He's been playing left field for the Isotopes. Kids got a world town, had a real good last Friday night. His weekend was also good. My favorite player, Brandon Gold, will join us at 445. You are a big Brandon Gold guy. I'm a big Brandon Gold guy. shut up about Brandon. 
and then Josh, Sue, Sean at 5 o'clock. So we're going to get heavy baseball between 4.15 and 5, and that's going to be very good. A lot of NFL talk sandwiched around that, and then obviously NBA as best that we can. A lot of football in the second hour. I tell you what, the way it should be. I'm excited be. to the talk way football. it should be. We're going to open with uh, probably the best story I saw today. Chris Carson, who you're familiar with from fantasy football, but I don't know if you've ever actually watched him play. Yeah, took a lot of mid-round flyers on Chris Carson. Yeah. He was a running back for the Seattle Seahawks of Tacoma, Washington, mm-hmm. and he played running back. He sure did. So he caught an injury, and I'm not sure when this injury occurred. I'm Kind of the reports are out that maybe he'd been battling it for some time, and maybe during the offseason he was going to look at it. But kind of the short of it is uh, Chris Carson not going to be able to return due to a neck injury. He's not going to be able to play professional football anymore. So normally that just means you're done. I think a neck injury is the third worst injury. What's the best injury? The best one? I mean a non-injury. The, the best injury of the worst injuries. What's the, the, the best, best one? of the worst injuries? Yeah. The, the special extra Opening segment, I-9 Varsity of Worst Injuries. That's, a, that's the one I want. Yeah. Okay. But what is it? I think neck is third. Sure. And then the gold medal is a tie for brain and or genitals. Because I would hate to have maimed genitals. Brain is very bad. Brain's bad. Neck is number two. Cause that, you like, got neck that, ranked over genitals. Yeah, that's the spine stuff. Yeah, like that keeps you that keeps you from working. And normally, whenever a player catches a career injury, that's I mean that's kind of it. What you got is what you had, and what you're owed, you won't get. But Seattle is going to officially release him with a failed physical designation. And you're like, well, what does that mean, Fred? Well, under the CBA, that allows Carson to receive several million in injury protection benefits. So Seattle uh, just kind of absolutely did the right thing there by old, by old Chris Carson. If you don't understand anything that Fred just said, let me uh, put it in the layman's for you. Seahawks organization, be them dudes. They did right by Chris Carson. Yeah. That was a bro move. Now he gets million dollars in insurance, millions of dollars in insurance, and now doesn't have to go out there and literally risk his life. His life, air quotes, stick his neck out for the organization to make a few more dollars. He was kind of an old school guy, put his head down, kind of weren't, you know, uh, you know, three yards in a pile of dust kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know. It, uh, there is something to be said, and we talk about this all the time when we talk about football, when we talk about football injuries, is you kind of sacrifice yourself for your livelihood. You sacrifice yourself for your family. You sure. Kinda, you kind of have that kind of energy about you. and. Uh, he did, you know, and, and for the Seahawks to do right by him because obviously he was doing right by others. It is not necessarily the football story you always get. It's not always the one that jumps out because right. it's a very bottom line kind of thing. And I don't know if we've talked about this on air or off air, but Nate Davis, you know, who plays quarterback for the Gladiators, he's told us some horror stories about guys who, Nate being one of them, caught injuries and right. weren't able to to get opportunities with clubs, even though physically they may have been able to, bouncing back and Young man I grew up with, his name is Joe Odom, played linebacker for the Bears. Exact same scenario where he needed, you know, just one more appearance in a game to catch NFL pension. And, Horrible. And, you know, went to a bunch of training camps and no one would sign him for that exact reason because that comes out of your bottom line for years. And I don't know, this is a, uh, this is a cool move by Seattle, and I think it's going to speak, I don't know, volumes 
to uh, players that are considering Seattle as a free agent destination in the future. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's such a good look Mm -hmm. for Seattle. It's like they're setting the standard. This behavior right here, the decision-making skills of the Seahawks organization, how they treat their players, should be the gold standard. This is going to be the template moving forward, and I guarantee you in the next next round of negotiations, they're just going to point a finger at the Seahawks. You think it's going to be the standard, though? For the good guys. Oh, yeah. I don't think good guys are the standard in the world of the NFL. Or the world of business. Yeah, the... The hey, you watched him, and what did he, what was the flyer on him? Seventh round draft pick, right? It was like he he wasn't a guy who was supposed to number one make it, and then wasn't supposed to make almost ten million dollars in his career, which he did. Yeah. So it's yeah to me this is a a very much a goodwill, a very much a move away from the pack kind of move, and not a set the standard for the pack. I don't I don't believe that it's gonna I don't know lead lead anyone by an example. Well, maybe I'm the eternal optimist. Maybe I'm a little too glass half full. But when you see such public praise for a move like this, you've got to think it's going to set a new standard because all these eyes are on this now. And this isn't the, the first time Seattle's done this. Like they did it for uh, Cam Chancellor. They did it for Cliff Averill. Like they've done it before to their guys. And I don't think every organization is just going to immediately follow suit but it does set a new precedent like you've got to take care of your guys and you said it like i mean this affects free agency this affects who wants to play for your organization i think this thing i think the thing that stands just a little bit different from your point though is i don't know when cliff april went out of the game but if this thing has been going on for some time and there's still kind of the only organization that's given you that story marker then i even think that reinforces the other teams don't care mantra and also in the get what i can mantra of nfl player then does this resonate as highly as i just claimed that i think it would like does nfl player care that they could have a team do right by them if because they've always bet on themselves man we talked about this with COVID 19 where you know nfl players they don't want to take vaccines because they beat all the odds anyways and and you go from, it's something crazy, right? Like 10 million high school football players every year, and then it's down to like 150,000 collegiate players, yeah. and then it's down to like 3,000 NFL players. Right. It's something ridiculous. So they beat the odds forever, and I wonder if NFL player is going to put the amount of, I don't know, hunk into this that they should for the Seattle Seahawks because they've never had a bet on a team. They've never had a bet on anyone else. They've always just kind of persevered on their own. I mean, we've seen a trend of treating your players better over the last few years. Like you know uh, how minor league baseball players have been treated historically, and that's slowly changing. And, you know, the, the business of big-time sports, the bottom line will prevail, but there has been a positive trend to treating your players better. And in the long run, that's just going to do your organization that much better going forward. Do you wonder if Seattle had a clue? If they had to weigh the cost-benefit analysis and think, should we do this? Or do they think that's just the immediate right thing to do, so they went for it? Well, no. There's, I mean, there's somebody. There has to be a room full of people giving each other reasons why or why they shouldn't do this. 
Well, you're talking about the retirement. I'm talking about being aware of the injury. Because taking Kenneth Walker in the second round, who is a running back out of Michigan State, would make you think that Seattle kind of knew this was coming the entire time. And then to me, I think that just speaks a little even more highly of their character to hold him through the process as long as they could until they got that final you-cannot-go kind of wording. Um, but also, I mean, taking a running back in the second round, I mean, it might just be a coincidence. might just be. Could just be a coincidence. I know the Seahawks like to have options in their backfield because they don't have – I mean, they've always been – since Marshawn Lynch left, they've been running back by committee the whole time. So they've never had that guy. For his, Chris Carson was healthy. He was as close to that guy as they got. Forrest Stolting joining us when we get back. He's going to tell you about all the promotions and everything going on this week at the ballpark. It's two men on live from the mobile. John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. Start our days at the YMCA Central Mexico. Spend our evenings at Hollow Spirit on the weekend. That's where New Mexico is. Tomorrow at 10. 10 is not next. Next is 4.45. 10 p.m. would be what's next. That's the next 10 o'clock. Oh, let me get you up. There we go. You with us now? I can hear you. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Joining us on the program, Forrest Stolting. He makes Isotope Spark go round. Las Vegas Aviators are in town, and, well, we just hate them. We hate them to death. Why is that? Uh, their faces. <laughs> <laughs> their, their dumb faces. Not a big, plane, a big fan of planes. The, uh, I hate flies. Clearly, we just saw you. You had a little tirade right there. But right before the break. Little, yeah, a little behind-the-scenes stuff right here. Fred is just now coming down off of a hissy fit <laughs> a fly, because of flies. A fly landed directly on me. I don't have the fortitude to deal with that kind of thing. I don't, it's a big ask. It's a big <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow night is the Youth Summer Program Day at the ballpark. That's because it's a day game. 12.05, so first stoked. pitch. Mm. It's, it's going to be, be beautiful out there. Be super sweet. Thousands of kids ready to see some great day baseball. What's more, what's more fun than that? What? Get you a little dog, a little soda. A lot of youth groups, that's what it is? Oh, yeah. 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 Boys and Girls Club? I'm sure they'll be there. YMCA? I'm sure they'll be there. Little League teams? Oh, of course. Big Brothers, Big Sisters? Yes, sir. Vans un, uh, cared for children that he doesn't know exist? Cannot confirm or deny that. Yep. <laughs> Odds are pretty good, boys. <laughs> also, Odds are pretty good. Also, if you hate kids, just wait till Friday because it's Beer Stein Night. Oh, yeah. Beer Steins. These great designs. Got our 20th year anniversary logo on there. Ah, 22 Fireworks. years in. Good idea. <laughs> presented by Miller Lite. First 2,500 fans, 21 and older, will get these beer steins. Definitely a collectible item you won't want to miss. It's only be around for this one time. Yes. So you, be, you better get here soon because they're going to go quick. Well, not Friday, soon, though. Friday. 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 Yeah, you got to get there Friday. Three days away. That's pretty Just soon. Show up now. Set up a I mean, you could start the line. I'm sure they would allow you to start a line for Friday. Today. I've seen this part of town. Oh, they're yeah. just tents up everywhere mm-hmm. anyways. I feel oh, like yeah. if you stayed overnight, it would be zing. Yeah, it wouldn't even, wouldn't even really change the landscape. Wouldn't, wouldn't bat an eyelash. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm really excited for the first 2,498 fans who show up on Friday. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to get a, a, a beer stein just like us. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we'll, get the, we'll yeah, grab the first two. Of course, two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How could you not? You yeah, I'm over there you standing. Take care of the boys. I'm in line, but I'm on the other side of the fence, Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, I mean, Friday night's fun. I get my beer stein. But the real thing is, because I get paid on Friday, I'm saving my whole paycheck. Mm-hmm. Because on Saturday I'm coming back because it's the in-stadium auction. And don't forget, it's also Blake's Lot of Burgers green chili cheeseburger night as well. Stoked. So we'll be wearing our alternate jerseys. However, obviously the signature event of the night is the silent auction. The I'm breaking, sure breaking Bag memorabilia will be here in stadium. Oh, yeah, right uh, right in front of the team shop. We'll have plenty of places for fans Arm to come guards. By. Will there be armed guards? I uh, can't confirm or deny that. Okay. Um, but I'm sure most people saw today on our social media, we have authentic boots that were worn by the two twins in the show Ooh. with the skulls on them on the toes. Yeah, the pointy the so, pointy toe skull shoes. So I only learned about pony shoe, cowboy booty shoes whenever I moved to New Mexico. Yeah. the one. Have you seen the ones that curl all the way up those like a bad best. toenail? Yeah. Those are the best ones. Those I don't know what those are called, but they it looks like if you were to play an extra in the Land of Oz yep. that these are the shoes you would wear. And they're super prominent here in this community, and I love it. Yeah, I think like the Lollipop Guild, but they yeah. were raised in West Texas, like uh-huh. that, that kind of shoe. I like yeah. that a lot. So, obviously, I had a lot of fun Friday night with my beer sign. I had a lot of fun Saturday night winning all of the Breaking Bad memorabilia. But I have to have somewhere to put mm, my yes memorabilia. Mm. And I will get a case, a container for that on Sunday night because it's 10 lunch boxes. You don't get the number 10. You get... Like tin metal. T-I-N. T-I-N. Yeah, yeah, material. Yeah. yeah. You know what happens when you eat a tin lunchbox? What's that? You sheet metal. <laughs> no. I'm not. No fist bump. I'm not giving you a fist bump for uh, that. Uh, it's a good, good effort. I thought I mean, that was a good one. It's there, but. Eh. You can you can have tin, tin lunchboxes. Oh, yeah. If you, like, live in a shoe and you bring all okay. of your children, and they each that. have a ticket. Because there's no age limit for this, right? Oh, no. It's just, it's just like the first. the first 2,500 fans. Period. Gates open at 5 o'clock. So if you're first in line, you'll get one for sure. There's no age restrictions at all on this one. Thanks. What's it look like? What's on it? Does it have orbit on it? It's oh, be so orbit. It's, a design, it's a fireworks design, kind of similar to the design of the, uh, the beer steins. It's a fantastic picture taken by Tim March of uh, – the front of the stadium, Isotopes Park's lit up. you got tons of fireworks in the sky. It's just a beautiful night. Some cloudage in there that you can see the moonlight coming on. It is just absolutely spectacular. These are brought to you by, by Smith's, our local favorite grocery store in town. Um, and this is one of my favorite pictures of all time that I've seen floating around the office over the past six or seven months. Um, okay, so I'm very familiar with this design. This it's is really iconic. Cool. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. really this cool. Is, Probably one of the pictures that defines Isotopes Park over the past 20 years, I would say. And does – all right, so do I still need a clear bag, though, or can I just put my stuff in here? What's up? So, yeah, you, the, the tin lunchbox you can just put in your clear bag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, we, we know we can confirm that there's nothing in these tin lunchboxes. Yeah. So, or if you're here three Fridays ago, bags you can bags put your bags. tin box in your clear oh, backpack. Man, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, that's, that's a combination uh-huh. I love to see right there. It's going to be a good little week at the ballpark. Six of them at home, and the Isotopes will win all six. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no mm-hmm. questions. No questions asked. Yeah. It's Sports Animal Appreciation Night at the ballpark tonight. Uh, why is this the most important day of the year to you? Because y'all are here. Okay. Well, some yeah. of our supporters, you know, we got to make sure. Partners. We, I mean, we, we, partners. Yeah, partner support. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, semantics, I guess. Just, well. <laughs> I mean, you, you get us twice a week. 
twice this week, and it wasn't even because of punishment. Yeah. Like, you guys did nothing wrong whatsoever. I'm not sure what we did. But here we are this. twice. Yeah. Good or bad, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no giveaway tonight, but the boys are here. Come say hi to us at the ballpark. We're broadcasting live up until 6.15 when this bad boy is handed off to the Albuquerque Isotopes Baseball Network as they will bring in the action tonight against the Aviators. First pitch is at... 6.35. Which means the gates open at... 5.30. Which means the pregame goes on at... 6.05, I believe. 615. 615. 615. Excuse me. Yeah. Did Very it. close. Very close. That's real close. That was a spot on failure noise. <laughs> Forrest Tolting. Uh what what else is up this week? What did we miss? What's the what's the big deal? Um well Ryan Feltner's back in town. He's he'll be pitched from force in a couple of days. Okay. Nice. He pitched up in the Rockies uh, for the last month and a half or so. Mm-hmm. He's back down to work on a couple of things. Um Carl Kaufman, another top prospect in the uh, Rockies system is pitching tonight and on Sunday. He's thrown uh, two starts so far this season with Isotopes, eight and two th- eight point two innings, only giving up two runs so far. Ooh! So in his first game, five innings, two unearned runs, didn't allow one single unearned run. So he's started the season on a good foot uh, here in Albuquerque. So looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, here in front of the home fans. That's even more impressive for pitching in the PCL. Oh I, yeah. yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean because I. A four ERA here is really like a three ERA anywhere else you're going to go in yeah. professional baseball. So uh, you you got to make sure you skew things right and view it in the proper context mm-hmm. for Ball, sure. Ballpark looks great. The berm in right field has zero right dead field. Gra- the berm in right field. Are you, oh, I, excuse me. I was thinking the hill. Sorry, you, sorry. No, sorry. that's right. The yeah, berm in right field has zero dead grass spots oh, from Bark in the Park this past Sunday. So good job by all of you, the ISO staff, as Van brought his puppers out on Sunday. How'd they enjoy it? Had a blast. Yeah, Darby loves it. Got a little corgi, Darby. Darby was uh, the center of attention just the way he likes it. Love it. Got a lot of scratchums. Got a lot of, <laughs> got a lot of oh, how cute season. Yeah. Got a lot of uh, look at that fluffy little corgi butt. Like, Love that. Yeah, a lot of that. It was, it was a blast. So I was told to ask you on air, I mean, can you just put another Bark in the Park on the schedule? What's up? I mean, I can try. Believe me, if I could, yeah. it'd be Bark in the Park every, night. every single yeah, night. Every yeah, night. I, mean, I, love, yeah, I love coming out in the concourse and just seeing dogs walking around mm-hmm. and seeing the different sniffs they have and just uh, the, the enthusiasm of the dogs is priceless, I think. There's got to be a dog pun here. Yeah. I'm looking for it. No? Can't find one? Uh, d- d- drool. Oh. Uh, rough. I'm sorry, man. Uh, That's kind of rough. I'm not there. Yeah. Who's, you, who's, you, you did that on Friday. You can't do it again. <laughs> who's joining us on the program? We got Jimmy Heron, I believe. And oh, then, okay. And also, he's a, one of the newest isotopes as well. Mm-hmm. From AA Hartford. And um, going to get Brandon Gold on here. Love it. Give me a guy from the outfield. Give me a guy on the mound. Forrest Stolting, you're the absolute best. Yes, sir. Y'all better. Jimmy Heron joins the boys when we get back from break. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Oh, my God. Jimmy Heron is sitting down with the boys. Let's what go. Up? What's up, guys? He got to AAA in about two minutes, and he only took ten games here at AAA to get on the show with the boys. Quick what is, study. What is up, my dude? Welcome to Albuquerque. How's your Appreciate world? It. It's good to finally be here. This is like a crazy little journey for you the last couple yeah, weeks, huh? It's been a lot, yeah. So, I mean, what well, you were at Duke, what, like five minutes ago, and now you're here? Kind of. <laughs> little little pause in between, but, um, yeah, I got out of there in 2018, so pretty quick. 
coming over from Hartford. Uh, yeah. I, I do think it's ten games, right? That's what you've been up now? Yeah, I came up uh, at the beginning of the – I guess it was 4th of July I found out. Yeah. So right before our two-game road trip, I came up for that. So I – Really just started spending time here in Albuquerque. And they welcomed you with fireworks. That's yeah, the exactly. way it should be. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Heron yeah, joining good. us. He plays left field for your boys. What's the culture shock like? I always lead with that to people who just moved to Albuquerque. Were you familiar with Albuquerque culture? Not at New all. New Mexico vibe. Like, what's the biggest shock to you so far? Nothing specific, but, I mean, I grew up in the Northeast pretty yeah. much all my life. Played there mostly. I mean, I went to Duke, so North Carolina, but still on the East Coast. Really the only West Coast time or close to the West Coast would, would be like spring training, first going to Arizona, and I played a month in Lancaster Yeah, in 2019. That's the weirdest city you ever go to, right? Yeah, but other than that, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't really been West much. So just being in a new, like, you know, kind of a more of a desert climate. like Jimmy's like, we don't talk about Lancaster. Jimmy's yeah. like, we, guys, guys, what if I have to go back? I wasn't there very long. <laughs> they still burn witches there, right? That's the weirdest place yeah. I've ever been, seriously. Like, I've never seen a place where they utilize wood for everything. It's <laughs> wood furniture, wood cars. Oh, you're talking wood. about Pennsylvania. Yeah. I meant uh, California because the Rockies. Oh, never mind. The Rockies. <laughs> so what's Yeah, I. no, I agree with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Pennsylvania, but I grew up right just outside of Philadelphia. Okay. So a little different than the middle of the state. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm going to let that one slide. The, uh, what's, the, what's the biggest difference between two A's to three A's? What's, what's the biggest difference, I guess, on the field or in the clubhouse or, or kind of all aspects, travel, whatever? What's, what's the thing that's standing out most to you? Well, there's tons of guys with big league experience. Yeah. You don't see that a ton in double A. Tons of really good prospects. I think the, the talent is similar, but you have those guys with so much more experience. So good it's point. really cool, I think, talking to them. And, you know, everyone has unique stories, especially guys who have been around longer. So it's just been fun getting to know, like, new people with different perspectives. So when you uh, were you, like, immediately adopted by the team? Were you brought in with open arms? Or was there, like, some ribbing, some hazing, n- some some pranks, any tomfoolery? A, a car heel jersey on your seat, yeah, that kind nothing, of thing? Nothing too <laughs> tough. Um, I think guys are used to guys coming, you know, yeah. kind of in and out. So, they, you know, they made it pretty easy. I, you know, I met them on the road, so it was already kind of a different uh, different scene, but – it's been fun. I mean, I think I had to tell a couple jokes, but ones I probably can't tell on here. That, oh, but, yeah, um, I knew I was about to ask. That's yeah. okay. We, before we sat down uh, up there, I was like, Jimmy, you ever do radio? Yeah. He's like, no, but I think I can. That's perfect right there. Yep, perfect. That's <laughs> perfect. Jimmy Heron joining us, playing outfield for your Albuquerque Ice Tops. About 10 games with the ball club. Uh, go back then to 11 games ago. So whenever Hartford comes to you and they're like, hey, you're, you're moving on up, where, where were we at? What was, what was that conversation, and, and how quickly did you have to move? So we were in New Hampshire. So with our the new minor league schedule, our weekly, we have off every Monday. Yeah. Fourth of July was on a Monday, so we had off Tuesday. So we had finished up a week in Hartford, and then I don't know if you've talked to Carl Kaufman yet, but he was in Hartford. Okay. He got called up Sunday, July 3rd, and I didn't. So I was like, all right, maybe, you know, not yet, a couple more <laughs> weeks or off, after the yeah. All-Star break if I keep playing well, we'll be good. So pack up, go to New Hampshire, not really expecting much uh, to play that Monday. So I was in the lineup, finished the game, and then our manager there usually just does a little. He does, like, a quick little speech. He won't say who he's talking about, and then he'll be like, all right, Jimmy, pack your stuff. Like, you're going oh, to Oh, cool. So we had off that Tuesday, but was in New Hampshire, so I didn't have much stuff. I just brought my, you know, small suitcase for that week, planning on that week, and then going back to Hartford. But, um, yeah, so I packed it up, and I was out of there early the next morning, went down to Texas and met the team in Round Rock and 
Sorry, Brian. And all your stuff's just in a storage unit in Hartford yeah, right I, now. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, home not being too far from there, my dad actually went up. Went and grabbed your and carry and everything. To, oh, yeah, nice. All that, yeah. All that crap, so. Dads are always um, there. Dads are always yeah, there. Yeah, he came in clutch. I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a grind just going just to get my things, but, you know, appreciate him for that. What do you think about the facilities? How's how's it uh, patrolling the outfield here? How did Ed do, outfield, Ed do a huh? good job? Yeah. It's a much bigger outfield than uh, than Hartford, but uh, it's definitely a fun place to play. They Off- make- offensive park, you know, I have pretty good speed, so I like running around, you know, chasing balls down. So I think my skill set could play well here. You ever had to play on a hill? As a kid in yeah. like, the backyard. But yeah. Not, <laughs> not, uh, not, no. Is, what's it's deeper than it looks, too. Oh, it's that's yes. terrifying. Yes. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's Ninja Warrior out there. 100% yeah. is what that is. When did, you're you out, get, did you get some pointers from anybody? Is that the first thing yeah. the outfielding group did is take you to the hill? Did Winton, you get familiar? Yeah, Winton was like, close your eyes He's and run really as fast as you can. Yeah. <laughs> he said, don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just more slowing down. Like, I mean, you got the warning track there, so yeah. try to gather yourself a step and not – run as hard as you can because you'll just tip over. Say you're in left or whatever, you can see Winton going back, or you just hill, hill. Yeah, hill. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I'll give him. He, he knows, though. You can tell he really knows this this park well. You know, he's the, he's the he's best a, at he's it. He's a stud. So. Yeah. Well, has he been an example for you, as far, not just, like, his approach to the game, but approach to being a professional? Because, yeah, I mean, I he's mean, done the show a bunch of times. He's obviously yeah. a standout character guy. What do you? What kind of traits do you peel off guys that are the example? Yeah, he's just such a great, great dude. Um, same guy every day. You know, that's a big thing. Whether you're playing good or bad, he shows up every day. He's got a smile on his face, treats everybody the same. Uh, he's an amazing talent. Um, I haven't got to spend a ton around, ton of time around him, a mm-hmm. little bit in spring training. But uh, it's been fun seeing him seeing him go to work every day. Who do, who do you model your game after, whether it's like a childhood hero or somebody you got your eye on now? Who do you look at and be like, that's what I want to do? Never anyone super specific. Growing up, I liked the Phillies. They had a really good team, um, kind of like 2007, 2011. They won Rollins the World Series. And so, Utley's yeah, and, so yeah. like I always really liked Chase Utley. Obviously different than me, you know, him being a left-handed hitting infielder and me being a right-handed hitting <laughs> outfielder. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I always liked how he played, you know, played the game really hard. Um, Ryan Howard is from my hometown. Really? And he uh, – Kind of, he kind of drew a lot of St. Louis guys to obviously Cardinals fans where I grew up, uh-huh. but he drew dudes to the Phillies because he never kind of gave up on his hometown. He still, I mean, he still contributes stuff there today. Yeah. But it was it was always easy to kind of root for Philadelphia, and especially after my Cardinals ripped Scott rolling away from him, and then it was yeah. and then it was okay. There's enough. We owe you our fandom a little bit. That's a that's a good little program out there. And they're always that fun team when you're naming all the World Series champs. That's the one that always gets skipped, like in the last 20 years. Yeah. They really were yeah. awesome, like top to bottom. Yeah. So many great players. Really fun to watch. And I was kind of at that perfect age where I was, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade. Oh, nice. So I just like loved baseball, loved everything about it. And at that time you were kind of, you were playing every position on the field and learning the game. So was there like, was there like a gravitation towards second because of, of Utley or towards the mound because I guess Hamels? Yeah. At yeah. the time I was still pitching a lot, being left-handed. Um so that was fun. But I'd always kind of figured I'd be in the outfield, you know, being a good athlete and throwing lefty. Yeah. You can't play shortstop. So, but even guys like, uh, like I remember Jason Worth on that team and Shane Victorino. Yeah. The flying Hawaiian. Hawaiian, baby. So that was fun. He's, and then today, I mean, you got Mike Trout is uh, from South Jersey, which is 
pretty close to me. Sure. Kind of the Philadelphia area. He's an yep. Eagles fan like I am. Yep. One of the best players ever, so I, like, you know, love watching him. But not everyone rolls out of bed with that talent. How do you think your Eagles are looking this year? Pretty good. You I don't look- have the highest expectations, but I think they exceeded expectations last year. Um, I thought Jalen Hurts had a good year. You know, the, is he a real the story guy? around Philly is kind of like some people like Hurts, some people say he's not the guy. So, but I think they're doing a good job kind of building around, and then maybe if they have a good young core in place, they could maybe go get a quarterback if he doesn't work out. But for now, I mean, I think – I don't know if it's Super Bowl contender, but I think division contender because the NFC East, you know, stinks. I think right. it's pretty bad. I think that conversation starts with is Hurts – like, is he a real-life quarterback or is he a fantasy quarterback? Because I think I will take, yeah. I take him so really high in a fantasy, fantasy draft. Yeah. But, like, is he going to put W's on the table for him? He yeah. should beat Washington. He should beat New York. But then what else is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing with him. I think when they go ahead early and he can run the ball 15 times. Right. Is good. But if they go down two scores and they have to throw the ball 45 times, that's where it gets a little hairy. Sure. So I think if the defense can, you know, play good and they can kind of control the game, he's really good at that. But it's when, like, you know, you get into a shootout where maybe if he's throwing it 45 times, it might not look as clean. Do you still have your childhood James Thrash jersey? <laughs> no. <laughs> I forgot what I had. I had, uh, I had a couple of Brian Dawkins jerseys. That was always the big one. He was that uh, dude yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was that dude at the time. The, Jimmy Heron, thank you so very much for taking the time with us, brother. You're off today, but you're, I don't know, playing tomorrow. Should be in tomorrow, probably. Yeah. yeah. Day game tomorrow, so. That's what it, hey. A little matinee. Forget so lights, say. right? Daytime for Yeah, easier to see. That's yeah. natural light. Love everything about it. Jimmy Heron, thank you so much. Whenever we get back, Brandon Gold's joining the boys. We're going nice. from the outfield to the bump. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program live from the ballpark. We told you Brandon Gold was coming in. That's what we said before the break. Well, forget it. We went to the bullpen. We called in the reliever. Heath Holder, welcome to the program, player. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me home. This, I mean, this is going to be nice. It's going to be a good little day here at the ballpark. Obviously, you got the night one in front of a lot of our friends, and then day game baseball tomorrow. What's the difference between pitching under the lights and pitching during the day? Uh... It's really our sleep schedule. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nothing on the field. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You think the last two months we've had all night games. and then uh, Sacramento right before the break we had a couple day games thrown in there. And then this one it gets tough. But it is what it is. Uh, I actually kind of prefer day games because we have the rest of the afternoon off, so it's kind of like a half and off day. That's how I feel. Yeah, nice. I 100% feel that way. If I, you give me a chance to like get up, get to work, get the job done, yep. and then I can go check out the new Matucci's in Knob Hill, like yep. that's what I'm going to do. Yep, yep. He told us in down with us. He comes out of the bullfin for the boys. Uh, having a pretty good little season, my guy. Huh? You feeling pretty good out there? You feel comfortable? Ball's moving pretty well? Yeah, feeling good. So what? Like when you do have a day game, what do you have planned after? Like, what's what's your go-to? Play some baseball during the day, then you do what? So I'm actually living at the uh, Isleta Campground. I have a camper. Me and Riley okay. Smith live down there together. Uh, oh, well, heck yeah. We have two Frequent contributor, Riley Smith. Yeah. Friend, Friend of the, the show. show. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we both have campers. Um, so go back, hang out. I have a little spaniel puppy. Train her, hang out with her. My wife's here, hang out with them. Maybe <laughs> do some fishing, get a good meal, and just enjoy the day. Uh, kind of kick back. I love everything about that. Then I've like low key been jealous of camper life forever. Yeah. Like, and I think I'm like literally at a place right now where I'm like, break the lease, just go get one. Yeah, absolutely. Like this, because they're little. Like they take no time to clean. Yep. And like every amenity I need is within my my big ass arms reach. But like, the problem <laughs> with them being little is they get dirty quicker. What? Yeah. Because you think about it, you have a big house, 
the dirt spread out throughout the house and then you have a small space like that where you're only in the living room or the bedroom so the dirt piles up and being at a campground most of them are gravel and dirt so oh that's a good point but it's not noticeable you just have to but like you said you know it's 10 minutes to clean it so once every other day or twice a week or so it stays clean so you're like a short six seven right yeah okay do you do you fit in these showers and campers because that's my number one concern uh so mine has a skylight like it's just like let light in all the time, so it's like a little bit of a dome. If it didn't have that, no, I wouldn't. Have that. I'd be like my server the whole time. But my head, kind of like my hair, kind of hits the top of it. So you're, you're like a kid sticking his head out through the sunroof yeah. in a limo. That's uh, that's a good uh, expression of it. Might have to hook up heat uh, with our friends at Chisholm Trail ah, RV. Yeah, get the, you get yeah, the, get the roof raised. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like they have the uh, what do you call it? the the push out? Yeah, uh, pop out. the pop. Yeah, yeah the pop the out. You need to do that for your shower. That'd be you nice. Gotta get a special pop up for. <laughs> shower head. Did you get it here in town, or did you have to drive it across the country? I drove it across the country. That's terrifying to me. Uh, it wasn't too bad. I, I'm pretty – I had a good bit of experience pulling trailers. So, we did coming through on the east side of El Paso and then past El Paso. Just the days we were coming through there, there was like 45, oh, of course 60 mile-an-hour yeah. wind. So, that was pretty bad. But the rest of it was easy drive. My problem is when I can feel my knuckles whiting from holding <laughs> – like in its fifth <laughs> wheel? Is it a fifth wheel? Mine's a travel trailer, so it actually sways more. So oh no, unacceptable! Yeah. Nope, yeah. nope, not. I'd, ra- I'd rather have the fifth wheel, but we couldn't turn down the one we got. It's it's just super nice. All the way from Georgia. All the way from Georgia. Nope, there's no way. There's we zero actually pers- we pull it like we went both times we went to OKC. We pulled it at OKC. Uh, we're going to El Paso next week. We're, we're taking it to El Paso. Nice. Uh, it's cheaper for us, and we have the kitchen there, so it's just nicer. And I get to sleep in my own bed. But I just still don't know. I'd put it on a train. I'd ship it. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I would be the guy. I would be the guy that's like, oh, the wind's blowing slightly. Let's just pull over. We'll wait it yeah. out. Like, this looks like a cool overpass. I'm the opposite. I'm like, it's a challenge. Let's, uh, let's go faster. Let's go. go faster. A little white-knuckle yeah. thrill ride. But born in Georgia, raised in Georgia, went to college in Georgia. Still live in Georgia. Were, were you, like, just flabbergasted when the Braves didn't draft you and you had to go to a different state to play uh, baseball? So – I had two weeks between the end of my season at Georgia and the draft, and the Braves were the team that was, like, the hottest on me. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. Every one of their affiliates is, like, maximum three and a half hours from my house, nice. and then never heard from them. But obviously I've been <laughs> blessed with the Rockies. Yeah, it was, that was kind of tough. I was like, all right, screw the Braves. But obviously I'm a Rockies now and have loved every minute of it. Nice. You big Matt Stafford guy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was there with him. Uh, well, I was I, my last – my first year was the year after his last year. But he still came around a good bit, so got to be around him a little bit. He's a good good dude. He seems like a good dude. We yeah. were out at the Super Bowl, and when we were out there, we were talking about, like, hey, what's the prediction on the game? We're talking all these former players and NFL insiders, this and that or whatever. And every every single person said, the Rams are going to win this because Matthew Stafford literally deserves it. Yeah. Like, he's such a good dude. And he's a dog. He's a bulldog. I That's mean, the thing. Like, literally in as a figure of speech, like, he's just a competitor. Yeah. What's this? I mean, the sports culture in Georgia, I could only assume it's just everybody's all in. I was born and raised right outside of Houston, Texas. You know how South Texas goes. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's the same way in Georgia. It is, but it's kind of like regional. Like, South Georgia is more your football. And then Middle Georgia, the Piedmont where I live, is more your baseball. And then North Georgia's basketball. Not to say that there's not good baseball schools in North and South Georgia and vice versa, but it's kind of regional. Like, football's king in South Georgia. Middle Georgia's baseball and then North Georgia's basketball. Are you allowed? Are you allowed to say like, yeah, Calvin Johnson was pretty good? 
Like, is that a thing that can come out of your mouth? Uh, uh, I wouldn't want to say that, but, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's why when you said gold wouldn't come on the show, I was like, yeah, of course, that geek from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Holder joining us on the program. Uh, could come out of the bullpen tonight, could come out all week. we got to go to break, so in your quickest way possible, uh, what's that last thing that runs through your head before you run out the fence? Let's go. I Let's go. That. Turn it on. Let's go. Heath Holder right. says punch in. Yep. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. It's 5 o'clock, y'all. Somebody bring me a watermelon walk-off. It's about that time. I'm looking at you, isotopes. Joining us on the program, voice of the aforementioned isotopes, the Sioux. Nobody is hustling over a watermelon walk-off. No one is walking one over. Well, just, just screaming out into the abyss. Just an old man yelling at the clouds to bring him alcohol. I think they're waiting till after your segment. Uh-huh. So we have one more segment like to, of intense focus. It's so they only have to bring two. Huh, smart move, too. Watermelon, 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 watermelon. That should work. Like, you could just call for it. Like a duck call. Won't work. How's your day off yesterday? It was wonderful. Yeah? Yeah. You know, um... Anytime you get to spend a day off and you're not traveling and it rains, I wanted it to rain more, but it rained, and you get to watch Better Call Saul, you don't have to worry about, like, hey, can I hustle to a hotel room to watch it? Is, is, my, uh, you know, is my app going to work on my phone or on my laptop to watch it for some hotel room or for some um, airports? I've been very lucky. I've been able to watch every episode either from a hotel or from an airport or during a layover. I haven't missed one the whole year. Okay, no spoilers. This is one of the best one-off episodes ever, right? Yeah. It was so entertaining. Okay, no spoilers. So good. I don't even know what the intro music to Better Call Saul sounds like. I've watched zero seconds of it. Okay, so Van and I are going to talk amongst ourselves. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this one's for adults. Just like, just like the intro to our show, it's also Run the Jewels. What is- no, it's not. Oh, it's, it's not. Okay. It's not. Obviously, the Aviators are in town tonight. They're going to be here throughout the week. And the boys are going to beat up on them because the boys, we're due. I'm telling you right now. Well, you're right. Not only are the boys due, but also the lineup right now. Okay. So, Montero's back from the big leagues. Pretty good. Sean Bouchard's back from big league slash injured list. Yep. Boom. Taylor Snyder's back from the injured list. Slaps. Tim Lopes just got back from the injured list Strong. Sunday. Right. right. Lopes has been one of the most consistent hitters all year. He got broken hand. It's not like we've struggled to score runs. But nope. now you've had those guys, and then Ryan Vallade's supposed to be back sometime later this Let's week. Let's go. He, uh, I think he's scheduled to play some games in the Arizona Complex League. Okay. Sort of like a rehab assignment in rookie ball before you get back to AAA. So we, we, got, we got a squad. Coco Montes is batting ninth tonight. That's how good they are. W loaded. What? Loaded. Coco usually bats fifth, sixth. He's batted cleanup once. He's batted leadoff and second. He's batting ninth tonight. Winning in the lineup? Of course. Leading off. So good. Number one, isotopes are killers in their own house. I agree. We play yeah. so well at home. Yeah. yeah. Number two, we should beat up on Las Vegas. Because this is basically their double-A team. That's really good. Because their triple-A team is playing main, in Oakland. That's right. All yeah. the way up. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. How are they possibly going to put a major league team and a triple A team in the same stadium <laughs> in Las year. Vegas next season? How are oh. they going to figure that out? 
schedule a computer will if it, if, a, if a computer can tell us if it's a ball or a strike then i guess a computer can figure out that scheduling the the other day i said on is it statcast i said on statcast yeah. with you the other day the amount of information that's always available at your fingertips how are you not overwhelmed during a broadcast how do you know what to pick and choose to tell the story that's in front of you well, you're going to spoil all my secrets by telling everybody. <laughs> I just want people to think that I – quick little side story. The first time that my mom ever um, watched me broadcast a game, she sat right next to me. At the end of the game, she goes, you're not as smart as I thought you were. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, all that stuff that you've said. Like, she goes, I thought you just knew all that stuff. She goes, you got a computer. you got books. you got papers. you got all this stuff you're looking up. I'm like, Mom, there's no way I could know this stuff off the top of my head. And she goes, well, I just thought you were smarter than you were. So you're not giving me – in real-time updates <laughs> on Winton Bernard's ex-woba? <laughs> no? But, but to answer your question about the stat cast, I, I think less is more, actually. Yeah. I, I think that if I get overwhelmed, then I'm definitely overwhelming the audience. So I'm mostly sticking to how far did the home run go, what was the exit velocity, how fast is this guy throwing his fastball, what's the difference between his curveball and his fastball, you know, and then like the the other thing that I think was kind of cool is we had an inning over the weekend where um, someone hit a line drive home run to left. No, it was a super super high fly ball to left that went out, and then someone hit a low line drive that went out to left center. And being able to compare the launch angle of those two, I think one was like twenty two degree launch angle, and the other was like forty five. I'm like, okay, that's just like a cool way of saying that ball was literally twice as high as the other one, but they both were home runs. They both went about the same distance. Friday night, and you'll have to jog my memory on the name. I think it was Leon for Sugarland. Pedro Leon. Pedro Leon. He hits one 460 or something to, to dead left center. And you think about it, and you're like, you, so the field ends, and then there's a six-story building length of distance before the ball lands. And you think, how, does, how do human beings get this? Yeah. Like, how do you get to the point? And then you look at, like, like the pitch is 97 or whatever, and the speed, and you're like, oh, he actually just put his bat out there. <laughs> like, yeah. like, this is, like, man's simple tools are explaining why this game works, and it's the most complex game on the planet. Yeah, but it also makes it really neat, you know. Um, I, I, I dig all the, st- you know, all the stuff. I don't always want to use it, you know, and I, I think that's the most important part with all stats with baseball, whether it's doubles, whether it's batting average, is what does this mean, is really think about what does this mean and what story does this tell rather than just spouting off a bunch of numbers that don't tell you anything. So Sunday was Bark in the Park. Yes, it was. Do you ever see any players getting extra distracted by the puppies? <laughs> Great question. Like pulling like a real-time yeah. Rube Waddell? I, I think that – I don't know if they really, like, miss a ball because of it, but between innings, I'm sure they're, you know, playing catch and checking it out. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that there was, like, a constant stream of dogs barking in the background, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the broadcast, which I thought was pretty neat. I know that I would have been distracted, put it that way. So I'm glad that I was not playing right field because I know that I would have been distracted. The, so I was out here Sunday, obviously, for the game, and there's, like, a designated dog area, but that's just a suggestion. Like, the whole park is, like, for the dogs on Sunday. So then I, we were talking to Forrest Olting about this, who kind of runs, like, all the promotions, all the media stuff. And he was like, uh, we were like, hey, can we get another dog, dog or bark in the park? Because the second one seemed to have a much more tremendous turnout than the yeah. first one. And I was like, this is the day to do it. Like, tomorrow, Wednesday, day game. Maybe we should add th- three, That's four. Like, what, what's the magic number? Like, we always think about what's the right number of fireworks shows. Because yeah. people obviously love fireworks. Right. But you can't do it every day. You can't do it every other day. The answer is 60. The answer is 60. That's the answer. You can't do it on Bark in the Park Day. That's 60 for sure. out of 75, that's, that's the answer. Right. I just, 
Whatever, you can one day off a week. I feel like that's perfectly fine. The Isos will have a good home stand if they do what this week? First inning, shutdown inning. Man, like the number of big first innings by opponents against the Isotopes this year has been um, has been frustrating. Five Friday night, you remember that. Three Saturday night. And then, you know, Ryan Feltner comes out Sunday, puts up a zero in the first inning, and it's just amazing what a difference it makes. You know, it's only one inning, and it's the first. You still got eight innings to come back, but... You know, it just makes for a long day. It really takes, sucks the wind out of the crowd when you give up, you know, a crooked number in the first inning. So you got to set the tone right away. Stop giving up these big first innings. Had a nice little sit down with Jimmy Heron earlier. You like him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, beam positivity. Beamed uh, a, a ball player. He's a Duke, Blue Devil. Did, Looks and acts did, like a ball player. Why did you say that with such a negative tone? Like, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say that with a negative tone. I said he's a Duke. He's a Blue Devil. A baseball player. That's fine. Okay, it's I not mean, like he played basketball. For okay, touche. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now I'm picking up what you're that's a, that's a worthy call-up. Like, he's been playing on fire down in double-A. Yep. And so now he comes up here, and, you know, he's he's still getting his sea legs, right? You know? Sure. You know, it's, it's different, right? Every level's different. And it's always interesting talking to guys about, like, what's the biggest difference. And, you know, and some say, man, once you get to double-A, double-A is the studs league. You know, and then some say, once you get to AAA, you're playing with a whole lot of former major leaguers. Mm. And obviously the biggest jump is the big leagues, right? Um, but I've even heard some guys say, you know, just going from rookie ball to full season, you know, where you're just playing in the complex, you know, there's no fans, you know, you're just on backfields, and then all of a sudden you start to play in front of fans and you're traveling. You're not just busting around Arizona. Like some people say that that's the biggest adjustment, you know. Um, I think that for I think that if you are a pitcher, the biggest adjustment is double A to triple A, especially in our league with with the ballparks and the altitude. I think I think as a hitter, the the biggest difference is probably single A to double A. Outside of the isotopes proper, you had yesterday off, so I'm assuming you caught up with the captain, which is the Derek Jeter documentary in ESPN. I was watching Better Call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously not right watched there. one episode. It's the of, of, of the captain. Well, uh, spoiler: it's the worst thing ever made on TV. I mean, he, he, here's the thing. I have great respect for what he did as a, as a, as a player. How do you not? Nah. But he has intentionally said, like, I was boring on purpose. So, like, what, what am I watching then? Right? Yeah, he he was boring story. on purpose. You're it's, watching fake storylines. Yes, it's the most revisionist history you've ever seen. Really? Where Just fake adversaries yeah. everywhere. Oh. He, he's like, I can't believe Steinbrenner hated me so much. And everyone was like, what? He loved you. He was like, yeah, you know, I just really tried to chill everyone out on the night scene in, in New York. You know, it was just about being a professional. They're like, what? <laughs> like, you you literally would like, close places off. Like, you were just, you're Derek Liar. You're not Derek Jeter. <laughs> the, are you a fan of that kind of telling your own story? Michael Jordan obviously did it famously with The Last Dance. Are you a fan of athletes kind of controlling that narrative on how their story is told post playing career i understand why they want to do it heck sure. yes you know i mean as a journalist no right i it's mean i stupid. went to school as a journal you know to be a journalism major i feel like no but i understand especially the the bigger you were like jordan and jeter then you have the resources to control the narrative it's really hard to control the narrative it's hard to control who gets the loudest voice about you Right. I was talking um, Howard Bryant has a new book out about Ricky Henderson. And I was talking to Howard about this. And he said, you know, that that Ricky's actually for all of the things that people think they know about Ricky. People actually don't know a whole lot about him away from the field. Sure. You know, like he was never a guy who was out in the clubs. He was never a guy who, you know, was was involved in any sort of he was never arrested. Right. I just knew he had a tailor that was like 
just had a really bad eye. Was, <laughs> was, you know, but but for Ricky, a big part of it was who's telling my story, who gets who gets the biggest platform, who gets the biggest megahorn, you know, to tell my story. And I and I understand that for a lot of the guys, I don't blame them for wanting to do it that way. And sometimes that's the only way you get the biggest stars. But at the same time, journalistically, no, I don't want them to to control it. LeBron James has a kid, and currently LeBron James's kid. His father, LeBron James's company, is producing the lifetime story of LeBron James's kid. <laughs> and when he retires from professional athletics 20 years from now, that will be the official story. Yes. The official story about LeBron James's kid is LeBron James's production company story about LeBron James's kid. Like, what? What are we absorbing here? It's very meta the way you describe that. That's well, how yeah. else would you describe it? <laughs> like, we, we were talking the other day about Bo Bichette. You know, we're talking about, like, like, hey, you can put out literally any narrative you want if you're the source. And we were talking about his older brother, mm-hmm. obviously. And it's it's to me a little incredible that fan bases or spectators were just absorbed this like so nonchalantly. Like, oh, this Derek Jeter thing? That's fact. It's just so far from the truth. Just so insanely far. we got to grab one. Whenever we get back, Brandon Ortega is going to join us. We're going to talk about Ooh. being out at the ballpark. You know he's the bat boy tomorrow? No way. Brandon Ortega? He's the bat boy tomorrow? He's... He's either doing a story on the bad boy or he's subbing. I guess we'll find out next. He's, I, so my, my understanding is he's going to wear a GoPro on his head and run like at full speed to get the bat. And if, if there is a higher power watching over us, he will take a face-first belly slide across the on-deck circle. I think maybe Forrest, Forrest Stolting of the Isotopes, just thought that he was somehow a graying 12-year-old boy. That has Live to be the, the story. Yeah, I think that's more likely. We'll, get, we'll find out next. We'll get to the show. Brandon Ortega, Ortega joining us. 95.9 FM. Star of what? TV and radio? KLB's very own? Mm-hmm. Thank you for the Foo Fighters lead-in, you guys. Mikey knows what he's doing. Okay, I mean, that's tell, not them, a, tell them what I have right here. It's not a, it's not a band anymore. So. I have a, a wedding. He has multiple Foo Fighters stickers on his water bottle. And Ninja Turtles. And Ninja Turtles. You're like, this was a gift from my cousin slash sister Jennifer for my wedding. Right here. How come? Drink it every day. How come at 35 years old you're still a 13-year-old boy? 36 now. <laughs> just turned 36. And married with a child. I just don't think I get it. Who doesn't love Ninja Turtles? Like me? Is the answer me? Uh, shredder. You, even when you were yeah, a, even, even when you were little? Even when you were a kid? Well, no, but like all adults that like, grow out of like hobbies and interests. Not me, no. Oh, well, come on, Mr. Wrestling Fan over here. Come that's on. T- all right, that's mm. for adults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Is it now? It's for adults. I wish everyone could see your face so. right now. What? There's not a live stream right now, is there? No, no. Of course. It's for adults. I, uh, <laughs> I recall when I quit watching professional wrestling, and that's I was still a child. Right. Yeah. 13. I was Brandon size when I quit watching wrestling. The other day, Brandon texted me. He's like, hey, do you want to go see this movie about a super-powered puppy? It's a cartoon, but it should be cool. And I'm like, no. No, Air I Bud? don't want to do I that. Hit you up I want to watch movies. Air Bud. It's not Air Bud. Oh, This never is mind. a Ricky Gervais movie. Oh. What? What movie did you go see? Or oh, Fury of the Dogs. <laughs> 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 no, no, Fury of, what is it? Fury of the something. You, yeah. you loved it. Fury. I forgot Ricky Gervais was even in it. He's like the villain. Yeah. The most, like, I have a four-year-old, everybody, so that's why I see little kid movies all the time. I have a four-year-old that wi- likes to watch the animated films. So, what do you want? That's uh, I'm a good dad. I take him to the movies. That's a half-ass excuse. We all know children's movies are phenomenal now. The Marvel movies, I'll go without my son, but all the other ones, yeah, I'll take him. Is it true that whenever your son, do you use your son's name on TV and radio? 
I, th- I guess I have. Okay, so whenever your son was born, is it true that you said to your wife, like, oh, good, now I finally have a best friend? <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> That's mean. That's not true. Brandon Ortega joining the boys at the ballpark. You're here shooting a story. You're the bat boy tonight? What's going That's on? It's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah, for the day game. They play at noon tomorrow. Yeah. And I get to sub for a couple of innings. What? I, I met Jude and Jeff who are uh, a couple of the different guys who, who fill the Bat Boy responsibilities. So they, they have the Bat Boys for both the home and away side. Okay. Which I didn't know because I'm learning that whole, that whole thing with the Bat Boys. And, uh, yeah, I get to do a little behind the scenes on what they do. It's not just, you know, going to pick up a bat and bringing the umpires some balls. There's a lot of work that actually goes into preparing for a game, and, and uh, they do things throughout the whole game. So I'm going to learn about that tomorrow. That's going to be a blast. Do you, do you feel bad that they had – to train you for two days for a job that, I take, that dogs look, do? I take every, teams. everything I yeah. do, I take very seriously that we were going to have that softball game. You're right. I practiced for like two weeks. You did practice. Before it got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> they asked me to do this like four weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, great. I'm coming in a couple of days early. Let's talk about it. Let's game plan. I didn't even know I'm going to get to actually wear a uniform. Well, so, so they have cool. they have a youth sized one for you. They do. They okay. do it just for me. Yes. That's yeah, you, you have to give it back, uh, youth, or this youth, is a, a youth extra large. Okay, that's going to be yes. You're doing high socks, right? You're a high socks guy. Aren't Whatever you? they give me, I'm going to oh, rock really? it. I would definitely do the high socks, even though it's going to be what 100 degrees tomorrow or something. It's going to be super hot. It's going to be hot. Stirrups. I'm but, a stirrups uh, guy. But if, worth it. It'll be if worth it. John Traub is listening right now. Get Brandon Ortega high socks and stirrups. Yeah, stirrups. That's yeah, what for Warren. Sure. Schaefer rocks, so Good. I want I want to rock the Warren socks. I yeah. look. Do you so like I know how you are, and you're always like oh, wi- right there. You're always wide eyed, and you're really excited about like every aspect of the game. Do you, are you going to be able to control your fandom while in the dugout? Like I fear, I fear for the boys. Yeah, no, it's gonna. I'm just gonna enjoy it. I'm just gonna. I mean, it's gonna be a job. Like I'm gonna take it seriously. I'm not gonna get distracted about being in the ice totes dugout for the first time during a game i've, I've been in i've been in it even though he's talking about I, I've, I've i've been in the dugout a bunch but not during a game so i'm yeah. gonna take it seriously this is uh you know everyone's livelihood in that dugout so i'm not gonna mess around are you wearing a gopro on your head no but i'll have a camera in there it won't be a gopro but i'll have a camera so i'll have to double duty a little bit are you also going to teach the bat boys how to do your job good question if, they, guys w- if they want if they want to know a little bit about it i'll probably Give them a microphone. Are you considering having like a Freaky Friday kind of segment <laughs> with the Bat Boys? No, not that far. But no, look, I want to learn about the preparation of the bats. You know, this these players uh, all have their superstitions and their routines mm. with the bats. I want to learn about that. Particular, I wanna, yeah. Yeah, I want to learn uh, the ins and outs uh, as much as I can. Well, the little time I'm going to be in there with them. It's, uh, you know, especially with the we still have pandemic protocols. They don't let people do things like this very often. So I'm going to take, take it seriously. Have some fun with it. What are the odds that you fall flat on your face? Oh, running to get a ball yeah. or to bat? Yes. Highly likely. It's highly likely. Yeah. Especially if they make me wear cleats or something that I'm if not used to If you don't wearing. wear cleats, you will fall for certain. Yeah. So that could happen. It's you, more slippery Are you guys going to be here? Are you guys going to – I don't miss day games, brother. Yeah. Come, uh, come down towards the dugout and uh, – and make fun of me. Well, now, here's the thing. There's two ball boys. Like, why, why can't I just not go to the other dugout if it's volunteer day and be the other ball boy? Because they only asked me. That's okay. That's It's true. 
It's true. They only asked me to do it. So, friends, because you're an For insurance tomorrow. liability everywhere you go. Because I, because I, I am the history. size of a child. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. that's one reason. Nailed it. Do you feel in, that you'll be heckled by fans? Oh, uh, I sure hope so. Because there's going to be probably nothing but kids in here, right? Sorry. I hit the Are you identifying me as a fan? There's going to be <laughs> probably like two or three different summer youth camps right yes. by the dugout. So yeah, I hope they like say something to me. That'd be fun. And you know, are they, you are you excited to how fast me and Fred? They're probably going to ask teach. me to throw them a ball, but I can't. I don't think. I think my my spot you can't throw balls. You to cannot the from your spot over in the outfield. You can't. No, they cannot either. So yeah, the eh. ISO's employees do not throw balls into the stands, but players can. Players can. Yeah. That's the loophole. Yeah, and so. coaches can. Okay, interesting. But, uh, like, the staff cannot. I believe that's referred to as the Josh Hamilton rule. Mm. Okay. <laughs> got it. That got dark fast. Yeah. I was, in, I was in West Texas when that happened. The Rangers. How fast, how many innings do you think it's going to take for me and Fred to teach all of these little kids how to heckle you tomorrow? That's a good question. Ooh, you guys got to be here early take for that. One inning? I'm going to print out a Brandon Ortega fact sheet uh-huh. and hand it out to the kids. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and also, you know, tomorrow they get free hot dog, free potato chip, free what? drink. I, they do? And it, Well, yeah. really, that's all ammunition is what that is. Nice. So you're going get them to all be hopped up on soda? pelted yeah. with hot dogs. <laughs> well, there's a net, so I'm okay. There's holes in it. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. When you get back to, like, do the story back at the studio, do you think you professionally will ever have a better day than what you're going to have tomorrow? It's, it's going to be way up there. <laughs> it's going to be way up <laughs> there. <laughs> so we'll when, when, when does the story air? I think we're going to air it tomorrow. Tom- yeah, because it's an early game, so yeah. I'll have plenty of time to get back to the studio. I think the plan is to air it tomorrow. 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock tomorrow? Yeah, 6 o'clock, 10 o'clock. A little behind the scenes in the dugout and get to see, uh, yeah, your boy dress up as a bat boy. I've never uh, done this at any level. Be yeah, I believe boy. that. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever got to be a bad boy for anything? Even when you were little? No, we're adults. No, but you, when you were little, like, you didn't get to go to, like, a AAA or MLB team. And well, I grew up in an actual boy. city. Man did, too. So, no. <laughs> I'm from Los Angeles, so I think I did, too. Some, well, Dodgers didn't want you? Like, what's the... <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Ortega, you're the absolute best. When we get back from the break, we got a fun one. This is a kind of a spur-of-the-moment one. Uh, but tonight, uh, before every baseball game, boys, uh, there's a rendition of my absolute favorite song, and that's the National Anthem. Yeah. And Yolanda Romero is singing said National Anthem tonight, and Yolanda's going to sit down with us for a minute. And number one, we're going to talk about the spotlight. We're going to talk about the spectacle. We're going to talk about the pressure. We're going to talk about um, uh, the fame that comes with it. We're, gonna, we're just going to really uh, WWE-style blow it out of proportion. I'm into this. Two men on, 95.9. So it is. Sports Animal Appreciation Night at the ballpark. Yeah. That's nice of them appreciating us. Hey, long time coming. I appreciate being appreciated. Appreciates that about yeah. you. Yeah. And we were like, okay, so Justin Bietis are not the first pitch, so he's like a spotlight guy. Uh-huh. And we were like, hey, Jeff, come on the program. Like, come hang out. He's like, he's like, oh, man, they got me out there early. It won't work out timing-wise. I'm like, cool. I'm like, well, then, since we're one-uppers, Yolanda Romero joining us on the yeah. program. Yeah. She's singing the national anthem tonight, <laughs> and this is the sports adjacent content I'm regularly looking for. No pressure. 5,000 people are about to be staring right at you. <laughs> it's okay. No, what? I'm good. <laughs> you just close your eyes? Like, how do you dive into this thing? I've been singing the national anthem probably longer than you've been alive. Okay, when was your first one? Where was it oh at? Oh, my. 
So I've been working for military installations oh, since okay. I was in my early 20s. So the early 90s is when I started singing the national anthem. I'll get inspired by Whitney. Like I told, I, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was one. That was definitely one. Super get that. Yeah. Who do you draw your inspiration from? Who's um, that, that one singer that you model yourself after? Um, I would say Whitney is definitely one. Okay. And Mariah Carey big, is another big one. Big shoes. Now, Look Chris, at that. Obviously, on the count of three, we're all going to say the best one ever done. One, two, three. Christina Aguilera. Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always has, like, a different answer to that, though, right? And, or if it's, have you ever heard, like, the electric guitar one? Like, mm-hmm. the National Strong. Anthem has a lot of flavors. Um, whenever yep. you're, do you change up that flavor depending on where you're doing it? I try to stay consistent um, just because working in the military arena, um, they get very upset if you start doing all these runs or trying to make it, like, you know, crazy. So I stay very consistent to the original. Um, you know, I will add a little flair once in a while, but most of the time I stay pretty lenient with it. Bet the under. It, yes. Well, so yeah. I was going there on the prop. Yeah. So what if on the side <laughs> tonight, <laughs> maybe <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> um, well, how does this number sound to you? Two minutes, 15 seconds. How does that sound to you? Does that sound? <laughs> well, they gave me 90 seconds. So oh, that's it. okay. That's so, all I got. All right, take the under oh. on 90. <laughs> Leaving out a verse? Yeah, going to get over to Isleta real quick and. <laughs> Put something down on the book. <laughs> this uh, where's the, where's the biggest audience? What what's the big? What's the most important one you've done national anthem rendition? Not even just sporting, but overall at all. Um, I'm trying to think. When you've done so many, <laughs> when you've done, I, I have. It's it's hard to think right now because of the Nax. Because I think they just opened up the vent for the funnel cakes oh, and it yeah. smells amazing <laughs> here right now it does smell really good so of all the renditions which one jumps out to you is is just very impactful was i heard a i heard a story one time from joe buck or excuse me jack buck who's the broadcaster for the st louis cardinals for a long time and he said the most important broadcast he ever did was the one that immediately followed 9-11 you know so is there is there a moment for you historically where you're like this national anthem hits a little bit harder maybe than it has before I did a welcome home for some of the troops after um, different events that have happened because um, I was at Clovis for a long time. Sure. And so they did a big, huge welcome home for a lot of our troops that came home, and I got to sing at that. How cool. And that meant a lot to me because, it's you know, as I get to meet a lot of these airmen serving our country, it just means a lot to me to be able to give back and tell them thank you. And if I can do it in this way, in this respect, it means a whole a lot to me so that's what i love that i can share that with people share my voice mm-hmm. and that's that's what means the most to me I've, people have asked me hey can i pay you and i'm like no you know my dad was a veteran um you know foreign wars he's um a vietnam and my brother served he was um, or a navy in the navy rather i should say and then my daughter is a marine so i look at it like if they can serve and, and give their life, you know, serving our country, then this is nothing, you know, to me. Like, it's right. just a little bit of it, Aww. giving back. Well, that's beautiful and beautifully said. <laughs> now it's time to throw someone under the bus. Okay. <laughs> Wh- what's the worst venue you've performed at? That's a very good question. Like, technical difficulties, yeah. they forgot you were coming, Correct. the manager was a jerk. Uh, what? And, and why what? was it a rodeo in Santa Fe? <laughs> I don't think I really had a, a bad one, to be honest. 
I really haven't. Wow. Everybody that I've sung for or done, the venue has been, like, on point, like, really well, really okay, good. Okay, sweet. I'll get your real answer off air. <laughs> that's a very good, good follow-up. <laughs> does it feel to you, the national anthem, as far as a staple for starting events, it's, like, it's almost like sports. That's – and everyone goes to attention and gives the thing. But that's when the game's there. Like, if you're late, if you're – you're late arriving, whatever. If the national anthem hasn't started, the game hasn't started. Do you do you feel like you're like the starting line for for sporting events? Do you feel yeah. like you're the go gun? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely feel that. Um, there was a softball tournament that I used to sing for at, in Clovis, and it was every year, and it was a huge, like, big, big deal. Like, because sure. it was a big sporting event. And they invited the base personnel to bring this gigantic flag that fit the field. That's how big it was. And they would unveil it on oh, the field cool. and stand around it. And then the honor guard would come, and then I would sing the national anthem. So that was, like, this highlight of the whole city, like, every year. And I got to do that every year that I lived there, and it was amazing. Loved it. So no matter where you sing the national anthem, is there always one dude in the crowd that yells, play ball? <laughs> Because I'm totally that guy. Yes. Yeah, no matter <laughs> yeah. where I go. Yeah. But you're leaving before even 630, if I'm, right? Even if I'm, like, in church. Yeah. <laughs> if we were to get a section to independently just give, like, as you're walking out, like, yo, Wanda, yo, Wanda. Yo. That would be awesome. That would be the one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's you, do it. Yolanda Romero joining us. She's singing the national anthem tonight here at the ballpark. You've done it here at Isos Park before? Actually, this is my first time. Okay. Nice. Okay. Right? That's how we do the friends of the show here. All right, so we're going to help you right now. Are you ready? So, ready? uh do re mi fa so <laughs> Don't follow that. Please. Is that not correct? I, I, I warm up like this. Yeah. So that seems like trained. That's like a trained thing. Mine was from <laughs> childhood chorus class. <laughs> I don't think you went in order either. Was that correct what you did? Well, I accidentally was almost started Mama Made Me Mix My M&Ms. Uh, and that's whenever <laughs> I knew. <laughs> that was, that's why I knew I was off point. <laughs> What's the worst national anthem you've heard in person. In have you, person? You've been in an event and you were just like, I just put your girl in. Uh, I've been at a couple of changes of commands and a couple of events on the base where the people singing were like, I was just like, oh, my God. I just, like, cringed the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say anything. I was nice and yeah. just smiled. <laughs> Is it try hard, like a little too try hard? Is it just don't got the chops? Um, it was trying too hard, yeah. trying to add those things. Like you're saying, maybe like an artist did it. Need that. Um, and then you're like, about. don't do it. Love everything about it. Yolanda <laughs> Romero, you are adorable. I'm very excited for tonight. The national anthem will be sung at? 6.30. 6.30. Yes. So if you're on your way, yes. um, I mean, do like New Mexicans do and just run those red lights. <laughs> and then and then uh, make your way here to the ballpark. Catch Yolanda Romero on the field. She will give you an exactly 90-second rendition <laughs> Of the national anthem. That's right. Yolanda, thank you so much. <laughs> thank Whenever you. Whenever we get back, Jeff Symbietta in the house. Say Let's what? go. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM Yay. 610. The sports animal at Hollow Spirits. Back, back live on the program with hey, Jeff Symbietta. How does this work? <laughs> it was over at Hollow Spirits today. Yeah, apparently he was. I mean, what's going on at Hollow Spirits? I don't know. I don't know. It's just a Hollow Spirits. Well, secure board, and I was ready to go. I just wanted to try their spirits. Hey, you get up the rooftop over there? It's pretty nice over there, huh? 
It's very nice. The, very, very nice. They have this really cool graffiti wall by the railroad track. You've got a hell of a view of it, too. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, I put the opening drive logo in there. It's a museum, it's really. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's art. It's well, a hire freelance graffiti artists to put opening drive, two men That's on, what I'm saying. Sports animal yeah, You'd have to go over something, though. Somebody would be pissed because oh. there's not a lot of real estate waste <laughs> on that wall. So my understanding is they whitewash it like once a year, and then, right? and then guys rush out there. So that, that is prime graffiti yeah, real estate. Yeah, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. street art real estate. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. well, 2022. I don't want to offend anybody. Geez. So you are, uh, I mean, you're the spotlight tonight, Jeff. You mm-hmm. are the uh, ceremonial? I, 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 I throw a ball and get out of the way, this, man. They play a game. Okay. Yeah. I mean, special moments, though. I mean, you're going to. You're trying to, like, fork in a strike? You're trying to be an entertainer? We're gonna I just want to get it there, man. Yeah? I, um, so I, I did not have any qualms about this until today. Everybody's going, all right, are you, can you get it? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can throw a baseball. They don't make you throw it the whole way, right? They have you stand in front. I'm pretty sure any – and I say this now, but, I, I mean, I should be able to throw a baseball 45 feet, right? And somebody's like, when was the last time you threw a ball? I mean, it's been a minute. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe a minute and a half, but – um, I think I'm like I, I haven't been worried about it until like like well, I'm not worried about it, but I, I'm pretty sure. I, but no, I mean I'm not. So what I, I was, what do you wear? Like I have my Borke jersey in the car. Smart you put that on start. The, yeah, you put on the Borke jersey. I noticed those aren't your cleats. No, no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm not going to cleat up. I promise. I'm not putting on the baseball pants. I'm not. I'm, I'm not putting a big uh, shaw on my face and spitting and, gra- <laughs> and and what I won't do is grab myself on the mound either. Smart. Because there's two approaches, right? There's the go out there, be the professional Either, like you're describing. Or, yeah. or, or just go full act. Yeah, right? Will Ferrell yeah. on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, it's just not me, man. I'm not, not, that's not my – I mean, I don't feel comfortable at that place. Right? So what are we throwing? A little two-seamer, four-seamer, cutter? I think I'm going to throw, I, I, throw on the seams. I, I, I'm going back to my baseball days. How, what was my I'm most comfortable? I used to throw a, four, a two-seam fastball. Across the top, or I would throw it on the seams, and I'll probably just throw it on the seams. Jeff Symbietta joining us. He's throwing yeah. out the Symbietta first pitch tonight here at the I ballpark. There. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah, there will be at or near five thousand screaming fans in attendance for you in this moment. <laughs> um, I mean, do you prepare in a certain way? Do you take like you get the extra bick this morning in the shower to the head? I like, went to Hollow Spirits. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> you chose wisely. I stopped by there for a little a little go go juice on on the way and set yourself met with up. Sam and figured out what we can do. Well, yeah. if you uh, if you didn't get enough hollow spirits in your system luckily yeah. another friend of the show teller vodka is just right across the concourse yeah. from us yep or down i mean go to the office and uh friend of friend of the bowl tito's vodka would help us too <laughs> so i mean wherever i needed to go um no i'm good man I, you know I've, have you ever done this have you ever thrown out the first pitch i no. so i've never been so fortunate to uh to have it but i unlike you I don't consider myself good at anything except for entertaining. Yeah. So I would try to really make the moment exactly about me. Yeah, and, and I I'm not real comfortable with that. I, so John Schraub just asked me, have you ever done this before? The general manager here yeah. at Albuquerque Gas Tips. And uh, I have, and it was years ago. And there's a picture as you go up into the press box, which sure. I'm sure you've been there. You come out of that elevator. And, and, and I haven't been there. No, I think I have. So there's a collage up there, right? There's Steve Garvey, Tommy Lasorda. Matt Camp, mm-hmm. Bill Russell, and there's a little girl in a, in, a, in a pink Dodger sweatshirt. And that was my daughter when I threw out the first pitch. Oh, how cool. Um, probably, gosh, when I looked, she's 16. So it was probably nine, eight, nine years ago when I brought her out. And she kind of had, we had her throw one too, and she kind of rolled one up. But that, that picture's been up on that collage ever since. And it's pretty cool. So it's been a minute. You keep saying Jeff Symbietta. 
you forget to say award-winning ah, Jeff Symbiota. There we go. Of the award-winning opening drive. Put some adjectives on this man's it's, name, I, Fred. I, well, okay, I, can I put it in perspective, though? The gentleman with whom I was just speaking right before, yes, Russ Langer, who is the voice of the Las Vegas Aviators, and just told me that he re-upped for another year to do UNLV football, did uh, Albuquerque Dukes games from oh, 95 oh. to 99. Cool. He just won Las Vegas. I'm sorry. Let's not narrow it. Nevada Sportscast for the year from the NSMA oh, for the yeah. 11th time, and he won New Mexico once. So he, that's your guy. That's a 12-time winner. Who uh, you guys? If you guys, he'll be here all week. Russ Langer is a great guy to talk to about Albuquerque baseball, but he's the voice of the Aviators. Great dude, loves Albuquerque. Spent a lot of time here. Worked with Mike Roberts back in the day, um, and and that that dude, that dude's an award winner. We'll, right we'll there. try him Friday. Get him yeah, here while we're at the ballpark. Great dude. How, how much easier is it for you in the opening drive to win awards now that we're the afternoon show? There's uh, a, I, I, I don't even know what that means. Well, because well, we, we're not going to win any We're not going to so win it. I mean, they ain't giving it to us, Let me just brother. tell you something about awards, man. <laughs> awards are really nice, and, and I will never take them for granted, guys. And you're, you're going to win your share, and I, I, I've been really blessed to win a few. But there's going to be years you win and years you don't. And it, it's so subjective. You don't know, for, for the for the NBA, well, when the um, – we just won for the opening drive. They, we all submit, and they send it to somewhere America, and somebody sitting in any town USA is listening to it in whatever they like, in whatever style. And we've just been fortunate to, to – they keep sending it to my aunts and my uncles. My, <laughs> so <laughs> lucky. My parents, so I just lucky. don't know. And, uh, but we've been, we've been really, really fortunate. So, when the isotopes call you to throw out the first pitch, they oh. give you a handful of tickets, right? They give you four or five tickets. Bring your friends and family. Who's on the short list, Jeff? Who you bring out to support you tonight? I got you guys and Mandy, and that's it. <laughs> I got uh, so I don't even think that Audra's what's happening. I don't think Audra's coming. I, okay, I mean, maybe she is. Maybe she's not. She said she might. And um, my daughter's in Europe. <laughs> that's okay. Aww. So so um, yeah, she wins. <laughs> she like I just talked to her today. She was in in Madrid. And uh, she's like, Dad, is tonight the night you're throwing? She'll be home tomorrow night. Yeah. Tonight the night you're throwing out the first pitch? I'm like, yeah, I can't believe you missed it just to go to Europe. <laughs> like, really, you oh, and your okay. mom went to, yeah, you, yeah. That's why your mom planned this trip now, this right? Yeah. Life-changing experience. Yeah. Or, or, Talking about your daughter. Or this. Yeah. <laughs> no, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Let me just tell you something. Um, and and, and um, I, I brought her on my last trip, the, the, uh, the uh, National Sports Media trip. And I've done that twice before. Bringing her on this trip at 16 years old was the greatest thing I've ever done. Like oh, one of the cool. greatest trips I've ever taken. She met Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson, but more so Jane Kennedy, yeah. Jackie McMullen. There's the young, some role models. The young lady who won the Jim Nance Award, which is Amazing. for the best college broadcaster, came up to me. She was from Notre Dame. She just graduated Notre Dame. She uh, watched me on TV. She's from El Dorado High School. She won the Jim Nance oh, Award, cool. National wow. Award. She's now working for NBC Sports, just finishing up at the Washington Post. And Addie got to see all these stories and watch these women who were empowered in our business. Not that she necessarily wants to go into this, but Jackie McMullen spent 10 minutes with her. Jane Kennedy and Addie learned her story. Jane Kennedy was so unbelievable with her. And uh, so that was really cool. And, and then we went to Wake Forest and Duke and Carolina and yeah. did a little college stuff. But, yeah, that was um, – I, I, of, of all the, the bonuses, if there's a benefit of winning any of these awards ever, that was it. It was that trip that weekend with that little girl. The I love all that. The, what does that do to your heart as a West Coast guy when your daughter's like, hey, I'm really thinking East Coast? Like, what does that do for you when it's – there's so many – 
just tremendous options on the best coast, west coast, and then for her to say, hey, the Carolinas might be for so me, Dad. in fact, it, w- it, it was the opposite because she's really thinking west coast. Oh, okay. And I said, look, I, we're going. I said, you want to go with your dear, dear young dad on this trip? And I, and I said, we'll, go, we'll do this, this, this. We went to Charleston. I said, but you got to sit through two, two awards dinners. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down. And, like, we came out, and she loved Duke. Carolina, we, we got our, our, our tour by the football um, equipment guy. Oh, how cool. So we got not, not only campus, but the whole football room, and it ended up in the equipment room, and he says to her, what size are you? And he swags her out, right? So she loved it. But she's like, I don't know, Dad. I'm still thinking San Diego. The week before we're at UC Irvine, we've been to UCLA. Yeah. So I think she's still leaning West Coast. But I want her to see what's out there, man. We'll go Super East Coast. I mean, you know, we got we got a couple years, so she's going to be a junior. But um, I, I want her to go where she thrives, man. Like, like do I, I have like, like, am I kind of rooting for something? I might be. Sure. <laughs> where, where, where does Dad want to spend all those yeah. weeks and weekends? But, um, you know, she said to me, I want to look at San Diego State, Dad. And there was a time where I'm like, you're not going to Camp San Diego. But now I couldn't get in there. Right? Like, like, the athletic director at San Diego State told me he's got a donor who's got a, a, a daughter who's got a 4.5. She didn't get in. I'm like, well, how does that even happen? That was Camp San Diego back oh, in the day. Oh, yeah. So, But it's funny you say that, Fred, because it, it was really the other way around. So I just Googled golf courses near San Diego State University. Yeah, there's a few. Lake Murray's yeah. probably right there. <laughs> Got to be gorgeous. Yeah. Mission Trails looks nice. Admiral Baker. Yeah, this. go up a little north coast, though. Okay. North on the coast. and, and Yeah. This is, uh, okay, yeah, this might be all right yeah, for you. there's a few. This, you guys playing? The, are we doing what? Have you been playing any golf? Uh, so I'm. I've only scrambled. It's only been fundraisers for me. I haven't got out at all for fun. Dude, I play yeah, I mean, we bring him on like when we're on a scramble. Yeah. He'll be our fourth on a scramble. All yeah. right, we'll use two or three of his shots. So I'll run. leave a couple clubs out for yeah. more drinks. <laughs> this is actually a pretty good idea. Just drink tickets. All right, right now we got to go. Hey, Mikey, what's up, Vitaly? All right, throw a strike. All right, I'll just try not to get uh, not to bounce it or throw it to the net. Yeah. Two men on ninety-five point nine FM and Jeff Simbietta. Thanks, boys. The Sports Animal, I blew the outro. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. Very good program today. What a lovely cavalcade of surprise guests. Forrest Stolting join us. Jimmy yeah. Heron join us. Brandon Gold did not join us. Did not join us. Josh Sushan, hey. the Sush. Brandon Ortega was with us. Yolanda Romero. The Jeff Simbietta. Good program. No Dylan Storm, though. No, nah, he didn't have time. He refused. Dylan Storm's the voice of all the, like, uh, inner inning promotions. He does, like, uh, the chili race and stuff. And I think it would be difficult for me, even as a pro wrestling fan, to feign excitement for the taco race 60 nights a year. I'm into it every time. I just don't. But then again, it's not every time. I'm here so often. I think I'm right in that perfect uh, Goldilocks zone of not getting burnout on the chili race. Hey, you know who's here every night who loves the chili race? The Albuquerque Journal's Jeff Grammer. (laughs) He's got a a whole. I've talked to Jeff off the air about it. He's got a whole theory on the chili race. Have you talked to him about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it on air. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. It's like. It's like, well, look at their running shoes. If they have running shoes. That's my good. Yeah, that's that's exactly my thought right there. But luckily, he's up in the booth sometimes, and he gets inside information on maybe enough people didn't sign up for the chili race. Oh, and who might enough be? Enough citizens. they got to have employees run it sometimes. Today's so I- Go ahead. Today's I-9 Varsity is the I-9 Varsity of 
smells that remind you of memories. Correct. Okay. So memory triggering spell smells is today's I nine varsity league office two eighty at i nine sports dot com five zero five three one two forty nine ninety nine. Uh, this came up because you said that it was Red Bull that reminded you of what? Say that again. Red Bull reminded you of Sean White. That's what you said. Okay, well, you're you're way, way off here. So, anyways, what happened was, oh, okay. you know, before all these fans started pouring in, they were doing a little uh, cleaning and maintenance, and somebody pushed a, a mop bucket full of purple, purple Fabuloso. Okay. And I could never forget the smell of Purple Fabuloso as I used it in my early 20s, and it's in a lot of restaurants. It's a very prominent smell here in Albuquerque in the Southwest. So if anyone knows purple fabuloso you know that smell forever got it so then i will go first to me it's the smell of play-doh on my anniversary the smell of play-doh okay it reminds me of belly aches okay i'll uh, i got a belly ache one too buddy because <laughs> i would eat the play-doh, eat play-doh? Yeah, I ate play-doh it hurt your little tum-tum hurt my little bellers speaking of hurting bellers yeah on my I-9 varsity of memory-triggering smells, uh-huh. Allsup's. Oh, yep, okay. Allsup's has quite the unique smell. Uh-huh. And uh, you can't get that one out of your nose and or out of your clothes. It's a very good answer. Yeah. I'm going to go with opening a pack of baseball cards. Ooh. Okay. And obviously it reminds me of chewing gum. So, to me, when you were a kid and you would open, what came to Ten cards, I think? Ten cards? I think it's twelve. Twelve cards. Yeah. So, you'd open, in that smell of opening the package, yeah. which was like, I guess, a stale gum, but it was still good, so it wasn't stale. But that, to me, uh, reminds me of, like, childhood innocence. Yeah, speaking of smells when opening things. Yeah. Next on my I-9 varsity of memory triggering smells. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the inside of a cast. Yes. That's a very good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that one will never leave you. That's if you've ever worn a cast or a brace for any amount of time, you will never forget the smell of the inside of your cast. All right, I got one that's similar okay. but different. Michael, feel free to jump in anytime as well. Me is calamine lotion on cotton balls. Because it reminds me of when I was a kid and we would go play in the forest and we would get like mosquito and like like yard flea bites or whatever. And then like my grandma, rest in peace, she would then apply the calamine lotion to our little bites. So uh, calamine lotion reminds me of uh, childhood summers. We are tete-a-tete on our answers here today. Uh-huh. Because I'm also going with the grandma smell. Okay. And that would be mothballs. Yes. Mothballs makes me think of visiting grandma. Because while the house did smell wonderful, certain areas of the house smelt like mothballs, and I never knew what that smell was. I used to just think it was grandma smell. It's mothballs. No, it's actually mothballs. I'm going to go with, and you're going to appreciate this one, I'm going to go with Super Nintendo cartridges. Mm, the dust coming The off. dust when yeah. you would hold it to your face to blow mm-hmm. into it. Yep. And that reminds me of the reasons I needed to give my brother a black eye. Oh. That got that got dark fast. The most black eyes in my childhood were either handed out or received 
do over- to Mario Kart L's. Oh, my goodness. Hey, and still to this day, you have Mario Kart PTSD. As far as... Because if you don't win, you'll just shut the game off and storm out. I am a sore loser. You're a very sore loser. I will swing on you. But you were so happy for Jeff Simbieta to throw out the first pitch. That didn't make any sense. Well, that's not a competition. <laughs> now, if we were both There has going, to be equal competitors to be a competition. If we were throwing out the, the first pitch together simultaneously, Holding and he hands. threw a better first pitch than me, uh, then yeah. Okay, I see that. That's an L I don't afford. Okay. Yeah, because we don't compare ourselves to those who are superior, like the award-winning Jeff Simbietta and the award-winning opening drive. No, it's they're not compare. It's not comparable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it was, yeah. and I were to lose, we're we're talking about smells right now. <laughs> the opening drive gives you expert sports analysis. Yes. And we're talking about and compelling local stories. What video games as a child caused you to catch these hands? Yeah, and I just reminded you what the inside of a cast smells like. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> you got any more? Or is that you run out? Oh, I could do this all day. Well, keep going. How about popcorn and a movie theater? <sighs> yeah, but it doesn't remind me of anything specific. I don't do a lot of popcorn at the house. I don't do a lot of popcorn anywhere except for the movie theater. I think maybe that might be more unique to me. What about Dwar Noir? Dracois Noir? Dracois Noir. What does that smell like? Like a, a Turkish pimp? It sounds, it sounds, it <laughs> smells to me like the bingo hall at the community center ah, that I used to run. okay. That one is distinct. Okay. Also, I think there's a smell to water at the water fountain, like the communal water fountain. That one takes me back. It takes me back to being a little kid and like someone behind me, after you take a long drink of water from the water fountain, and then the kid behind you is like, what are you trying to do? Drink the whole Mississippi? Ah, cha-cha-cha. Did you have that regionally where you grew up? Because to me it was, it was always, hey, with the mighty Mississippi. But I can't, I don't feel like people are referencing the Mississippi in Texas. No, we had the Gulf of Mexico. That's what they used? That had a lot more water. <laughs> he said, he said uh, this will be the one. How about fresh cli- fresh clipped grass? Oh, that's a good one. And you getting your allowance. That's a memory right there. Do you have any ones with alcohol? Uh, like Bacardi Limon and throw up <laughs> like that. <laughs> you ever had like someone in your life that always drank like a specific drink and then you were like oh i think right now i should be sad so i'm gonna go order that drink uh-huh you have that one i think they're just whiskey and beer for every situation <laughs> that's what gets you through it. <laughs> so many situations michael celebrating mourning happiness sadness michael you got any of those triggers Michael must be setting up a Sushan. I, th- I got one for Vitel. How about cheese and Wisconsin? Yeah, that's <laughs> – Michael has the one he opens a Lunchable. You know what I'm talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about? <laughs> there are a couple of them like that. What it – like, and whenever you're coming up, like, you don't realize, like, the things that will impact you forever. Right. Whenever they sneak back up on you. Campfires for me, obviously, is one because we spent, like – so much time as kids. What's the memory? Childhood camping? Yeah. Yeah. 
And also as a kid, like, by the way, I feel like, like I had tremendous parents. Like, my dad is just smart and fun and set me up for success in life. But I thought for certain I would need the skill of building a fire more than I've ever needed the skill of building a fire. Sure. I've never needed yeah. to build a fire. Needed. Needed. You've wanted to and done it. You've never needed to. That is correct. Yeah. I've only, I have only ever built fires for recreational purpose. Correct. But if the time came. It was completely consensual. Your any, life circumstances did not force making a fire upon you. Any final words before we hand it off to the isotopes, man? Oh, my goodness. Too much for the time allotted, my friend. But anything we didn't talk about, make sure you check out tomorrow morning on the opening drive with first pitch thrower Jeff, JJ, and Amory. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.